Welcome back. It's another month. It's another episode. It's Same February <laughs> and we're with Freya. It's the who end is our of first February. guest of 2021. Am I? It is the end of February. Yeah. Because yeah. <gasps> last month it was just the two of us. Cute. We could make it if we... I, I've been craving this. I know we did like so many guests in December. And like I, I enjoy. That must have been I've a just been craving recording. It. I feel like I it's just been yeah. nice. It was yeah, it was. <laughs> it took so long. Yeah. So I felt like we had a good dose, so we could you know it would sustain us for two months. Yeah. But I'm just happy to record now. I feel like it's a good novel. We're back. We're and it feels it's like nice. it's been so long. I think because and then Jan January just dragged. Time has just been weird. Yeah, but February, I felt like, flew by. It's been February Laura, for one day. Amelia will tell you this, though. We rang about a week ago, and I was like, it's January, and she was like, Freya, it's the 15th of February. No, it's February. It was, yeah. it was the day after Valentine's, I think. Yeah. I feel that, though. You were literally just telling me about what you did for Valentine's Day. Which was nothing. Yeah, I feel like my flight is in, like, two weeks. But it's in, like... It's- Two, two days. Three days. Which is really exciting, but I keep thinking it's not actually happening because I keep, like, I used to get so many messages about it being cancelled. Doesn't feel real. <laughs> for the listeners, Laura has to come back to the UK from the Netherlands via Paris. Oh, yes. I'm spending Champagne three hours problems. in Paris and I can't go anywhere. Oh, that, that is sad. <laughs> but Laura hates the French. So she would yeah, rather I be like... anywhere else. No, I hate the French, but I like France. Okay. There's, there will be a decent amount of French people in the airport, I'm sure. I We really need to unpack this racism. <laughs> Why? It is a bit. Well, no, because all the French are stuck up white people. There are people in France that aren't white. <laughs> there are, well, yeah, but they, they, they are fine. I'm talking France. about the Karens of Europe. I It's France, I and we all know it. <laughs> It is. It's I do. I do it. get it, but I think I love Paris too much. I'm... Yeah, no, but that's different. City is different from. I'm. I'm happy for them to look at me like I'm trash. I have been to many a northern town in Brittany, and all the French people there are lovely, and they will know your English from looking at you, and they always say hello and good morning. So I love the French. And when me and Freya went to Paris, there was lots of people who said that how good our French was and how they were surprised yeah, that we... Like that guy in that, that bar who was bartender like, had to find an Englishman to translate because he could not understand how I understood nothing and yet could speak French. Yeah, so no, I was he, like, said, no. he said, you speak French really well, but you understand nothing. <laughs> you speak French like a French person. The Parisians like, are different. No. They live on tourism. I'm talking... Small town stinky cheese people who think their bread is the best, even mm. though Italy is right there. Italy is very good. <laughs> anyway, different country, different city, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, an island. <laughs> I really tried to do a bridge there, but it didn't work. <laughs> My segue was talking about Italians. I don't think. Oh, oh yeah. there are Italians. There are Italians. Yeah. I mean, I. Anyway, so we're in the 19. 19- 50s but we're not it's the 2000s the year is 2009 yeah. you keep um, doing this to me and it confuses the hell out of me yeah we had this last time too yeah we did exactly the same thing last post-war. time with Gertie and that was with Freya as well <laughs> it was literally post-war written like in the 2000s or was it 2010 <laughs> I think it was 90s the 90s might have been the 90s right yeah. in <laughs> Comment on there. Anyway, Instagram. context of the of the zeros. We don't need it. We've all been there. Yeah. The zeros have been, and they're coming back. Y2K babies. And as long as it's not low rise jeans, I'm happy with I, my well, nice. Well, I have bad trousers. news for you. They're not bad, oh, are they? They are a bit. Hopefully, by the time have this you podcast not seen the TikToks? comes out, they will have been and gone. Yeah. I'm, so we can I'm just pass afraid. it by. <laughs> The only way well, I will accept low-rise trousers is if they are flared, and no. I have to wear. But I'll still wear a big jumper. I'll oh, wear. Flares. I'll take. I'll compromise. I want. Oh, I want flares. I'm, it was two thousand and eight, the Guernsey, and this is yeah. two thousand and nine. So they were. They are one year apart, and about and they feel five very years similar apart in the setting, maybe less. But I want to say low-rise jeans is my last point. Might be controversial. I would never want to wear them but I don't always hate them on other people. 
Yeah. I agree. But I think some people really rock them. Mm-hmm. They do, but I think it kind of feeds into the whole naughty's obsession with being skinny. Yeah. No, because that depends on... There's a, I, I think, think they really perpetuated a lot of body image issues. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the zeros in general. I don't think that's necessarily low rise range. I think there's a lot of people... I think they fed into weren't... it. I, I think Yeah, but so and did all of the, the zeros fashion. They come back. Mm. No, because I've seen some people on TikTok who, you know, I'm not saying they're fat, but they were not, like, the skinniest... Oh, and not like Kira Knightley and power the to them because yeah. I'd fully be like, no, I'm yeah. not I think it looked great yeah. on them. Like if if I was having like period bloat, I would not be wearing my low rise jeans. If I'd been yeah, anywhere no, near any they would scare me. But that's what I meant. Like they scare me, but I respect any bitch who does. Yeah, yeah. People wear them are Fair. powerful. Yeah, much like but Ailish in Brooklyn. Ailish is she not Ellis? The entire time in my head. When I was reading it, I'd seen the film way too long ago. I pronounce it as Eli. <laughs> I read the book, Laura, and thought it was Alice. <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't read. Like, I I mean, I didn't read much of the book. But the bits of the book I did read, I thought it was like Alice. And I was like, that's a lovely name. You did read. <laughs> I did read. <laughs> it also took me half the film to realise that her name was actually Alice and they'd been pronouncing that like that the entire film. I, I was like, oh, that's her name the same. Yeah, when they were, when M- Mrs. Weasley was sat in the, was it Mrs. Weasley? <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Weasley was sat in yeah, New Ma- York Ma- with Ma- all Ms. of the Cahoon. people that were being really rude. I thought they were all mispronouncing it. And I was like, but they're Irish. They know how to pronounce Ellis. <laughs> and I thought it was like a like, thing. Silly them. That she was gonna have to be like, oh, actually, it's Ellis, and it kept happening. I was like, oh no, she's actually Ailish. I've read her name wrong. <laughs> but also, I think because she said you've only read like the first quarter or so of the book, I think that's actually you did that really well because the first quarter of the book is absolutely not in the film, and then the rest of it is pretty similar. Right, I was fuming. I was like, where are her brothers? Apart from the very end. Oh, well, I don't know what happens at the end of the book, so that's like, going to be a whole pretty. conversation. It's just slightly different, yeah. Yeah, but, like, the plot of it is the same-ish. Yeah. Yes. There was none of her brothers in the film, which I was gutted about. Yeah, I really I They just didn't exist. There was none of Jack the whole... Because isn't it that takes her to the ferry? Yeah. He yeah, seems really she... lovely. Yeah. She gets the ferry from Liverpool, and she meets Jack, and Jack has a whole conversation with her about how actually... All of her brothers were really homesick. They just could not tell her family because they'd been, you know, sent away to do great things. And it, like, felt too awkward to be like, actually, I'm having a shit time. And then that's exactly what she feels as well. And I feel like we really missed out. And also, I think it does... It shows that a lot of Irish people were just leaving... Not They weren't necessarily just going to America. They were just leaving Ireland in general. Mm -hmm. And it kind of... It shows the difference in gender as well about how America is more about the new world. That's where the women can go and have a new life and be professionals, whereas the men would go and do hard labour in the Midlands. But also America was just getting rich, capital L, R. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. I think they also, they, I think he does mention the whole prejudice towards Irish people Mm. in England. Yeah, that was interesting as well. And I was like, because you hear about it a lot. I don't know. I have a lot of Irish family. And you hear about it. But it was nice to read the, about it as well. The, no, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish that they used to have on yeah. pubs. Everything, yeah. Yeah, and restaurants and shops and things, which is... Like, even when... My, my granddad used to talk about it, like, when he was little, and which probably would have been, like, the 50s, 60s. There was still... Which is only yeah, but that is around this time. Sixty years ago. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But it's, it's like wild. it's uh, my point is it's not, it's not that far in the past. Yeah. No. Not it's... as far as you would want it to be. Yeah. Necessarily. It's so wild that think that even in like our lifetime, so much has changed. Like mm. gay people couldn't get married when we were babies. Yeah. Or even teenagers. I mean, I for me that was slightly like we I think were somewhere in the 90s we changed that law but like even no england yeah we were the first (laughs) one one thing we did right (laughs) but even like having very progressive parents and stuff you still see 
the difference in being raised even like one generation apart. Yeah. yeah. I just did the the votes just the voting for parliaments coming up in the Netherlands and I just did like my online quiz to see which parties are like my top three because we have like 40 parties and they're all like there's some there's like the big five I'd say and then smaller ones my parties Mm -hmm. were in order green left left and a party of the animals (laughs) (laughs) I was like why did I even take this thing the best thing ever well, the point i was um just to go back a little bit the point i was going to say before was everyone needs to watch it's a sin and also what i didn't recognize what i didn't realize and what has i've thought about a lot since then is that section 28 wasn't lifted until 2003 yeah which is like within my lifetime that's the reason that a lot of our books that we read in childhood didn't have any gay themes because they weren't allowed to. They weren't even put in schools. Otherwise. Danny Harmer and it's it's just Danny Harmer who plays Tracy Beaker was talking about this. I think on Twitter yeah. or her TikTok about because in the new series Cam is a lesbian. She's getting married to a woman, and Danny Harmer was like, when I was reading it in my head, Cam was always a lesbian. And then in the TV show, they made her get mm. married to Gary. But then she was like, but I never thought about Section Twenty Eight would have definitely influenced that because I think Jacqueline Wilson's gay as well. Yeah, she is. Yeah. So absolutely, she, is, yeah. she if she'd been allowed to, she would have included that. But if she had, it wouldn't have been in anyone's syllabus. Like it wouldn't have been allowed in schools. Yeah. Like, how mad is that? Exactly. And when you think about the variety of different kinds of people that she has in her books, it is surprising that she doesn't have very many gay characters mm. because you would have thought that she would have included them and she does but in like really subtle ways especially as a gay woman it was as we now know yeah. but it just goes to show the effect that that has had on a lot of children's literature and it's not to excuse jk rowling because we're not doing that who but then it also to an extent who? makes sense why dumbledore yeah, isn't explicitly expressly gay in a book like you can say that as a reflection but it doesn't yeah. necessarily Who's who's to know whether she would have made him explicitly gay or not, but it is an interesting thing to consider. But Jacqueline Wilson is also on the supporting J.K. Rowling train. Is she? Yeah, she is. Is she a bit of a... I can say why as a writer. Yeah. She said, well, she... Not as aggressively as, you know, she's not talking about it as much as J.K. Rowling is, but she said she would never write a trans person because she doesn't want to influence children in a bad way. Oh, God. <gasps> yeah. Oh god. Oh dear. But it's just not talked about not as much because J.K. Rowling is so loud. So <laughs> she's so loud. Yeah. What we should talk about is Colm Tobin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. To- Tobin. See, I don't know. I was like, it's it says like Tobin, and I'm like, it makes me think of cats. Like a cat. <laughs> yeah. It's probably pronounced like Teddy because it's Irish. Who, I think who it's knows? I think it's Tobin, but he is a gay man. Mm-hmm. Is he? Yeah, he is. He wrote a lot of gay. He's written a lot of gay books, which is part of my theory, which I will come on to in in a bit. Um, but a lot of his is your theory that Ailish is gay. <laughs> yes. Because you sent this to me about three hours ago. You went, I have a theory, but we'll get into it in the podcast. I was like, I know your theory is going to be that she's gay. And it's not an original thought because I sent that message three minutes ago. Yeah, but I'd already written it down <laughs> on my sheet of hours before that. <laughs> oh, Laura, the worst thing happened when I was watching the film. I was like live messaging Amelia my reactions to some of it. Mm-hmm. And I straight up went, I feel like her sister's going to die. And like three minutes later, she does. I was like, Oh shit, her sister's dead. It's genuinely... I I watched this film, I think... Wait, sorry, I'm going to move because I'm not very comfortable. I'm going to sit against my bookcase. You're going to get this lovely nice. angle now. You've got major Carrie Hope Fletcher vibes right now. Oh, Back in like Carrie 2013. Oh, she's there. There she she's is. There. I see her. <laughs> but yeah, this film, I think I watched it when uh, the summer after high school so your 2018 summer and nice. it made me weep but i was like uh it's I, I was gonna rewatch it today and i was like it's gonna be fine it's been long i never cried films <laughs> my dad was in the call <laughs> and i was sitting in a living room with him in his call talking about i don't know it shit and I was just there trying to hold everything in there was just every time just single tears nothing gets me 
like this book and film do because it's so specifically and nothing captures it like it does like it's the, the specific experience of moving out across country and just I don't know why it's so specific and like it I think we do know why, Laura. <laughs> well, yeah, but like normally when things... It's just worded so well. And Saoirse Ronan does such a good job. But like when she they're not talking, really... portraying yeah. feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had a very different reaction than from the very first time when I saw the film. Because the first time I watched it, I was very much Team Tony. This time around, I, I wasn't. I was so Team Tony. <gasps> Were you not? No. And I'm in love with Tony. I thought about it for a little bit. In the book, I'm definitely Team Tony. Okay. I was just talking about um, the author and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. he is... He's a gay man. Yeah, and he was born in Enniscorthy, where... Um, Enniscorthy? Enniscorthy, where Ailish was from. Yeah. So he, he, he writes a lot of interesting books he wrote one which I never actually read it was cancelled I was supposed to read it for queer histories but because it was we had all of the strikes at that point mm. so it was one of the weeks we missed because of the strikes so I never actually oh, read 2020 the book. so I haven't read any of his other books but it was about Henry James and he's written one about a he wrote it in the 90s and it was about a gay man during the AIDS crisis oh, oh gosh I know it was quite like a it does make me want to read his other books. I think it was very well it written. It does. Um, he writes... He's a very interesting man. He writes... Um, obviously, Irish Catholic. Yeah. Has a lot of Catholic guilt because of that. He's talked about finding all of the priests attractive in his secondary school. Good for him. <laughs> he should watch Fleabag. Yeah, he probably, he probably has. But he also doesn't watch television and has, as a result, confused Ed Miliband and Ed Balls as a politician. Which, if anyone knows anything about um, English politics, if you don't know who Ed Miliband and Ed Balls are, Google them. They are very different people. Policy-wise, looks-wise, height-wise. I thought they were both Labour. Are they different kinds of Labour? Yeah, I think... I want to. I want to say that Ed Balls is quite centrist, and then Ed Miliband mm. is slightly more left. Also, Ed Miliband is kind Brave of like. Great of you to talk about politics in a podcast. <laughs> I, I'm happy to be corrected. I don't know huge amounts. It's slightly before my time. They're both like noughties politicians, and I didn't really know much about politics. One of them the has noughties. been Australia Come Dancing. I do know that. Yeah. The other one hasn't. He has a podcast. Yet. But we can dream. We'll get him on the podcast. Yeah, he can tell us for himself. Oh but oh my gosh, he also, Colm Tobin, has has some very lovely houses in Ireland. Good for him. Well done. The book reads like he wrote. <laughs> yeah, he is the Chancellor of University of Liverpool. He also has an interesting writing process where he specifically buys uncomfortable chairs to write on and I was talking to Chloe about this about how quite a few authors apparently do this and I don't understand it no why would you if you're going to be sat writing things for a long period of time why would you purposely give yourself a bad back no because I can focus better when I'm uncomfortable that's like why I like to wear jeans when I'm studying no when I'm uncomfortable I go for a walking at comfortable when I'm uncomfortable uncomfortable, I I put pajamas on yeah no like if I'm too comfortable I'll get I'll get bored studying. But I wouldn't then purposefully no. make myself uncomfortable in order to be productive. I would rather no, be comfortable the... than unproductive. I think it's... Well, no, not always. But if I have, like, an essay deadline, I should be in pyjamas. It's like, if I put on sporting gear, I'll be more productive. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't do it in pyjamas. I get changed. I get changed into something that I can happily sit in. But I think that might be his process behind her. it. It's his kind of like not being in bed, so he's at a working place, mental mm. thing. No, so I see specifically what it's coming from. Has uncomfortable chairs. Like he buys chairs that he knows are going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, because it's the most different from a bed. I don't I, like I, it. I, s- I wouldn't do it, but I see where they're coming from. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's been called the. A champion of minorities, which is pretty good for, for 
for a white dude. Good for him. Yeah. Especially because he's like a boomer. He is a boomer. He was born. But he seems in like a cool boomer. Nineteen fifty-five. Yeah. I mean, he does. He's, he, he can definitely like cool write a young adults women. So yeah, he, you know, he's also. I, I was shocked when I was like, "This is written by a man." He's, yeah. he's noted for writing really well written female characters. He's got one but... I think about a woman who moves country with her child or something and apparently she's like a really good female character i think that's the did he move country as well heather blazing maybe no he is has born and born and lived in ireland went to university in ireland oh he moved to barcelona for a while in the 70s for three years okay but yeah i think it definitely it is one of those books where knowing more about the author makes the book make sense in a lot of ways. Yeah. Do we have anything to say about Irish emigration as well? Because I was just going to say that obviously it came about because of potato famine, which was caused because of English oppression of Ireland. And then a lot of Irish people left um, because there weren't jobs. There weren't many people. There was there wasn't like opportunities, which you kind of see at the start of Brooklyn where she's working in a shop even though she's got all of these qualifications capabilities she's really intelligent she should be doing other things um but if she doesn't if she stays where she is she'll be doing the same thing for the rest of her life yeah Mm. I feel like that was around that time like big anyway because it was post-war Europe that's true a lot of places were just starting up and America was Mm. booming so I feel like there was so much immigration from Europe because we see a lot of Italians moving too yeah um, and, and Jewish people. Yeah, and if you're in New York, you see, like, so many, barely any, like, American, well, American, but, like, 1800 American Yeah. people. There's a lot of new generations constantly. And also, I didn't notice it when I was reading it, but apparently her teacher in Brooklyn, her teacher for the bookkeeping courses, um, is supposed to be or is like hinted to be a holocaust survivor yeah it says so his name is rosenblum and he is a jewish teacher and his entire yeah they explained that the rest of his family was all killed and he was the only one that survived so they took him in as a teacher which was yeah it really does she tells tony that and that's the first time he's like she she sees like the seriousness on his face to see that he can also be a serious person make my tony point <laughs> yes go for it make your tony point okay so book tony wonderful i think he's really considerate i think he's have you met him in the book yet freya no i okay. got i got to ellis uh, ellis see i still fucking think I <laughs> ellis Ailish was at work for the first time yeah which I'm talking in the, Not smiling enough. Yeah. In the film, she meets Tony in, like, the first half hour. In the book, she meets him in, like, mm. the last quarter, basically. Or, like, much oh. later of the book. Like, it's at least half through. The film just shows you, like, no, it is. Of her in Ireland. Like, it's not story lengthwise, but if you look at the amount of pages and amount of time in the film, the film okay, just... Okay, I turned to a random page in the middle and Tony is mentioned on it. Yeah. Yeah, he's in the middle there. That's where he comes in. So it yeah. is pretty much Which halfway. is very far into the book compared to the film. Yeah. Um, but I think it is partly because Contovin wanted to... He specifically did a really stripped back um, style of writing, um, which I think does mean that in the book you get a lot of context at the start and you get a really good established but if you look at 
the amount of words he's actually using. He's using really, really small amount of words to show a lot of things. So you still feel like yeah. you're getting the whole relationship with Tony, even though he isn't in it for the entire book. It kind of feels mm-hmm. like he is. And it's the same with at the end when she goes back to Ireland. I'm like, well, maybe they won't do the whole plotline because there doesn't seem to be enough pages left for them to do the whole gym mm. plotline. But then they somehow managed to fit it in, even though... It's probably like the last eighth of a book. I thought they spent so much time in Ireland. In the film. And I was like, is she even going to go back? Yeah. Yeah, but in the book, it's about... It's like that much. It's that bit at the end. That's the bit where she's in Ireland. (gasps) That's nothing. I read more than that. I think it's the last 25 pages. So they clearly yeah. dragged that out so they could get Donald oh, like the last 50 pages. And try and make it seem like she was going to cheat on him. No, it's th- it's still... Everything happens. It's just really quick. In, like, really quick succession. But the film makes it much more of a rom-com than the book does. The book focuses a lot more on her personal journey, whereas... The film, even the tagline is something like she goes to New York and has to pick between two boys. And I'm like, that's not what the book is about, really. It's about her personal journey, whereas the film focuses a lot more on the boys. Which leads to my Tony point, is that in the book he seems much more developed because you can see her inner thoughts and mm-hmm. in the film, mm-hmm. one, it's Dom Hogleason and if he's there, I think about, about time and he wins my heart every time. Two... The actor does such a good job the of actor, portraying an Italian guy. I'm not sure if he's actually Italian. I don't think he is. He doesn't have a very Italian name. But he has to... He does a really good job. And he does the like yeah. the smugness that people hold. This might be personal prejudice, but it really put me off. <laughs> the only representation I know of Italian-Americans is Joey Tribbiani in France and his family. <laughs> And so okay, I was well, like, Tony's lovely. I love him because I'm in love with Joey Tribbiani. His name is Emery Cohen. So I don't think he's Italian. Oh. Right, Amelia, my name is Freya Weiming Lung. I'm only a quarter he's Chinese. American. Names are not everything. He's Jewish. Third, fourth generation New Yorker so whose ancestors him. emigrate from oh, okay. Russia. Could still be Italian. Ah, so yeah, not. he's not Italian. No. Not. Anyway, he does a great job. He has the the prattiness in him. The the I know yeah, really well. Yeah, I'm he hasn't really been in other things. It's the it's the look he had out of his eyes that I could remember looking at me and I was like, "Get away, you piece of vermin." Did you really <laughs> not like him? I did when I first watched him, but now it has personal... He's a bit of a simp. <laughs> you just hate Italians as well as French. Cuz I really wanted her to bring Jim to New York and show him the world. That was I my I wanted ultimate her to take her Yeah. I, I wanted her yeah. to be like, Mammy, come back with me. I wanted her to take all of Ireland to New York. I mean, from the sounds of the film, they were going that way. <laughs> One of the bits that I really <laughs> liked about the book, going talking about Tony and how she is with... Although I think... We'll get to this, but I think that Ailish... But, um... I think that Ailish is a better character in the film than in the book. And I'll get to that. But I also... What yeah, was I saying? I agree. Um, though, oh, yeah, there was yeah. a bit in the book that I really enjoyed. Where I can't remember whether it was uh, Miss Font- Fortini at work or one of the... I think it might have been one of the girls that she lives with. was like, what, well, what would you change about him? And she was like, well, I'd give him an extra two inches of his Yeah, it's more Mrs. And I don't Fortini know why, but that really stood out to me. I thought it was really cute. I really liked their relationship in the book. It, it seemed very really wholesome. Sweet. But my main oh, thing... Oh, no, I don't like their relationship. Do you not? No. Ailish <laughs> is a lesbian. But why? <laughs> There's a train, but I'll tell you in a second. Number one, she doesn't seem particularly interested in men. It explicitly says that she isn't very interested in the men in Ireland when she's there at the start. Secondly... Secondly, that's it. Maybe <laughs> um, scanning our page of notes for another point. Colm Tobin writes queer characters. That's what he does. That's what he's known for. He said that, I think, whether subconsciously or consciously, he made her a lesbian. Do you not it's think just so? how it is? If he's known for writing queer characters, 
he would have made her queer if she was queer. Miss Fortini, he has said, is coded to be a closeted lesbian. But that is not Eilish. No, that is no, a different character. She does have that that very interesting sexually charged scene with Eilish where she kind of kind of vaguely fingers her. And what, it really like, makes Eilish uncomfortable. Try on. Yeah. Yeah. That I, no, seems I like, okay, that's her manager. That's sexual assault. Yeah. No, I I don't think while I think that it's not consensual, I also think that the fact that she isn't I think there's because she also then afterwards accepts Miss Fortini and is just like that. That's how she is. That's kind of. I think it's more to do with her internalized homophobia than it is to do with anything else. Um, no, because she and... felt embarrassed. She hated it when changing. She was like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to close the curtain. Yeah, but I think that was to do with internal. A lot of to do with. Or was it homophobia. to do with the fact she didn't want this lady touching her? Yeah, I think it might have been a little bit of both. But... I'm with Laura on this one. A lot of people are um, coded as that... gay. Ailish was not. <laughs> if if anyone came up to me at work and was like, try it on. I'd be like, no, I'm going to HR and then I'm quitting. Yeah. I think that my opinion is valid. It is valid, but it's also wrong. Then show me a moment where she has some sort of interest in a man and I'll, I'll accept okay, it. I've not read enough of the book for this, so look at me. She does! She absolutely loves Tony and it's the one reason she goes back at the end. I feel yeah, like if she, she wouldn't, she got a good job life in Ireland. in Ireland and leaves her mum. She has a mum, a job and even someone she could date. It's because that the woman was like, I will expose you, I know that you're married. Otherwise she wouldn't have. Yeah, but even then. She ignored his letters. I often ignore texts from my boyfriends because I'm just not in the right headspace because it'll make me too sad because I miss him. Yeah, she put it off. She opened them at the end. She goes yeah. back to her husband. Yeah, because he's her husband and she doesn't really have... She doesn't really have a choice. No, she... She could have killed she Miss had, Kelly. She did. She said she could have left him. To. Because no one else knew they were married. No, so. just Miss Kelly. It's still How bigger would it be? be like, Miss Kelly is No, and mad. even in the film, in the film she knows, in the book it's just hinted at, that they were married. She knows they went on a date, but she doesn't know they were married in the book. Yeah, it's not as explicit in the book, but I do still think that at the end of the day, it is bigamy, and she she didn't really have much of a choice about whether she was going to go back to him or not. Mm. I, dis- I respectfully I think she does. disagree, and that's okay. Can I go on about how much I love Tony now? Or is, yes. is that not allowed? Yes. I, I love Tony. Yeah, you can. I loved him. He... He, I obviously I only watched the film for this bit. He was a gentleman. He walked her home multiple times. Never made any advance. I thought he was going to turn out to be a creep and make advances, and that was going to be like her awakening and like she was going to turn into a tough bitchy gal that did not take shit from men because he was going to be horrible to her and he wasn't. He was nothing but a gentleman. He took her to meet his family. He warned her they were going to say things. He was like, my little brother's going to cause shit. So be prepared. And she was like, okay. He took her to where they're going to build a house that they could live together in Long Island. He was like, please marry me. Because I know you're going to find it hard to come back. But if you really love me, please marry me. And not in like a forceful way either. She could have said no. She had no obligation. And she was like, you know what? I am going to marry you. And she did. And then she went back to him. He even got his little brother to help him write the letter in the film. I feel like that was a bit added. I don't that know That didn't why. happen yeah, in the book. That yeah. felt yeah. superficial in the film. But I love Tony. It does. It does stay in the book that he's not that good at writing letters, but she could still see, like, hear his voice through the letters, which I think was really Aww, nice. Yeah. He's just he just like seemed and, to respect her as an individual and not just as yeah. a woman. I really thought he was going to be like, because it was like the first guy she meets in Brooklyn and like talks to. Yeah, something. I thought he go was wrong. going to be the bad guy. And maybe she'd go back to Ireland because Brooklyn was too scary, or then she'd like have her lesbian awakening. But I was like fully prepared for that to happen. Also, can I just say, I had to watch this on Amazon, which I do not recommend, but I've paid for Amazon Prime until April by accident. So I'm going to use it while I've got it and then I'm never going to pay for it again. Mm-hmm. It was like, the film was tagged with drug use. As like a... Because, wait, in where? where? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought because of that, because I knew, I'd seen, right? I thought because of that and because I'd seen the cast list, I had a whole other plot predicted in my head, having read the first part. <laughs> I thought she was going to get to Brooklyn and she was going to meet all these Irish people 
that like drank turn into an drugs. addict. And yeah, and like have this massive party life and feel really ashamed, maybe, and not tell her mum. But like that was gonna be it, and it was gonna be all about that her living like it up a in great Brooklyn, film. right? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like it would literally, it was like it had, you know, when films like have warnings and like violence, yeah. blah blah blah. It had drug use, and I'm so confused. <laughs> now I feel like we missed out on another story. <laughs> Did I miss... Was there a post-credit scene of her doing heroin or something? Just sniffing her. At the end. Doing a line. Yeah. Before the Irish dance does some cat. Okay, yeah. I feel like that's one thing that the film did really well. In the book, I absolutely hated the other people who lived in the house. In the film, I really wanted to be with the two annoying giddy girls. I felt like they were iconic. They were yeah, slightly yeah. annoying, but in such a cool girl way that I was like, they seem like I'd want to be friends with them. I think the characters mm-hmm. in the book are, in the in the film, are better. And I think that is partly because of the yeah. writing style. Um, and I also think that Saoirse Ronan did a really good job of bringing a character to life who was so passive in the book. Like, honestly, I, did, I could not get a single feeling from her, which might be partly where the whole, like, I don't see her passion for Tony or Jim or anything comes from. Because... Mm. It isn't there, um, but it yeah. is more from a in the third film. Person perspective. That's not. That's not necessarily. No, but I think it does affect it in this case. You can read some very, very passionate third-person external narrator, but it's, it's a specific choice on the part of the writer. And when I was reading, I was reading what a lot of people thought about it, and some people really liked it, and some people were like there was just I could just not get on with the characters at all. They were so like one dimensional bland I didn't just didn't get it but then in the film there are there are more like she's more outspoken she has emotions mm-hmm. which she doesn't have mm-hmm. in the book. I feel like I would be part of the people who did see her character in the book but it might be because I relate to a lot of the things that were written so I really understood. I felt like I, I could really see myself as her yeah, character. Yeah I don't necessarily think there was a lot of people that said that they, because I, I think it was a general opinion for like fairly across the board that it was like her character was quite passive. But I think there were some people were saying that they understood mm. it as a writing choice and some people were saying that they just I see that. couldn't get on with it as a writing choice. Yeah. Do we think that Ailish is selfish at the end for leading Jim on? Because I do. And I really quite resent her for it. I disliked her yeah. for that as well. If, and yeah. for the way that she just left a note. Yeah, the book ends with her imagining him reading the note and going to her mum and to talk to her. Her mum's house. To yes, her. I just read that. I was reading that during one of your conversations that I felt like I couldn't contribute to. I did think it was a really good ending sentence. I don't fully agree with it, but I thought it was a really good sentence. It was a good ending sentence, but I like the um, the bit in the book where she talks to the girl on the boat because yeah. that isn't in the book, but I quite like that. That made me. Sob. It did. I have a video of it, yeah. and we can put it on the um, Instagram story if it lets us. <laughs> Amelia needed subtitles of this twenty-second clip of me reacting for the last. I still don't know like, what you were saying at the start. I said something like she went back to her husband, and on the boat she said the same thing that the girl on the first boat had said to her. <laughs> I know, I was broken. But I do like the ending. It feels it was such like a full circle ending. Yeah. But I like it. It feels very open and very bell jar, hands made till kind of not as intense of it. There are very similarities, a lot of similarities to the bell jar. I have a question for the group. Yes. Mm. Were there no transatlantic flights in the 50s? No. I think they were a lot more expensive. Yeah, just for like very important people. Because it was before the invention of the jet engine. Full passenger flights yeah. weren't uh, really okay. a, as I much see. a thing. The jet engine was invented in the 1960s in Lamington. <gasps> I did not know that. When he was nine years old, the family moved to the nearby town of Royal Lamington Spa, where his father, a highly inventive practical engineer and mechanic, purchased the Lamington Valve and Piston Ring Company, which comprised a few lathes and other tools and a single-cylinder gas engine on which Whittle became an expert. So he started like inventing in his dad's shop and um, invented the jet engine. That's so cool. So After joining the RAF. I now understand why there was only boat That's... trips between. Also, yeah. 
I I really like the boat trip, so I I that yeah he wrote he wrote a very accurate representation of what it feels like to be travel sick and just trapped on this moving <laughs> vessel that makes you want to die and all you can do is throw up your guts yeah. until there are no guts to throw up anymore and you're still trapped on this thing and if you think about it too much you start throwing up again oh my god it was like a little bit and i liked the whole thing about read. them having to close the door yes, on the, the other on your side thing. so that you can yeah. use the bathroom before the other person does it i love it i also like how it kind of like it's a first encounter with a fully american person well apart from father flop but he doesn't really count because he's not like american but she's irish so Georgina. Oh, no, she's english isn't she yeah yeah but she has like the essence. she has been american yeah based. She and has yeah. advice to give. And you can really tell how it's like her, her going into the world with like it's... the boat in between. She's in like the in between. Oh, it felt like such and it's her uh, like transitioning period. Yeah, it felt such like a, here is a guardian to take you on your way. Yeah. And like aggressively, so like Georgina's there like cleaning up her vomit, helping her with the bathroom, being like, Don't look too ill. Here, let's put makeup on you. Pretend yeah. to be an American and know where you're going. Okay, there yeah. you go, you're off. I was like, she's a guardian angel. She's so Also, there was a moment where I forgot what year the book was set and Georgina got on a boat in Liverpool, destined for New York, and I fully went, shit, this is a Titanic, she's going to die. <laughs> and then I got to... Readers, it was not, in fact, the Titanic. <laughs> I spent, like, half a page of, like... Ayla's just settling on this boat, being like, this is a Titanic. She's going to die. She does, in fact, make it to the title of the book. And she does reach <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, I realised the book was called Brooklyn. It is not set in 1912. And Ayla was not, in fact, going to die after being hit by an iceberg. So <laughs> it was a really traumatic half a page for me to read uh, before I did some research and discovered it was that, not, no. in fact, the Titanic. <laughs> I don't think the Titanic left from Liverpool either. I think it left from Southampton. So, yeah, no, it left from <laughs> Southampton. Yeah, did it stop in Ireland? Uh, uh, um, um, so they went. A lot of them went from on a train, and then they got on at Southampton, and then they went to Cork. <gasps> so it was South Ireland. Yeah, that would make a lot more sense. And then they sense. did not, in fact, make it to New York. No, Cork was the final Wait, stop. They didn't. They weren't very far from New York. Were they not? They were like just south at the edge of Canada. They were just south of the edge of Canada. <gasps> oh, that's so sad. Which is yeah. where the ice comes in. <laughs> yeah, which does make sense. Canada does indeed have ice. Although, although they sank further south than where they left from. Oh. New York is way further south than I thought it was. It's like the same level as Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I think it might be below. Unless this is a weird angle. I know if you move the UK into the Americas, it's like in deep It's on Canada. the level of Spain. Oh, is it? Yeah, look. Is it in line with Rome then? Maybe, yeah. New York's like in line with another European city that it just it shocks me every it time. It could be Madrid. Or Barcelona. Could be. Oh yeah. I feel like I feel like that rings a bell. This is such a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should talk about um the cast. We should. What a it cast. Great. A great cast. Jim Broadbent as okay. Father Flood just works. Right. It just It was just it felt so it right. Did. It really In did. My head, Father Flood was so much younger. I expected like oh. someone like Donald Gleason to turn You wanted up. Andrew Scott. Yeah. Really? Oh, and Andrew Scott was the only Irishman missing from or this like film. Or like the one mm. from Dairy Girls. Maybe it should have been the one from Dairy Girls. <laughs> with the with the Which with the shiny Girls? hair. <laughs> the, the the hot one that they yeah. fancy. <laughs> That's why I expected. Not the no. hot priest, but like they, a hot priest. They said Irish priest, and my brain went Dairy Girls. <laughs> and Jim Broadband was not what that was. Broadband. <laughs> Broadburn, same same soup. <laughs> is he even Irish? No, I don't think so. He does have his creepy dolls. I don't think this is the first time that we've brought him up on the podcast. I think he must have been in another film yeah. adaptation and we've talked about He's his in creepy a lot. dolls. He's in Game of Thrones. Is he? I don't remember that. Oh, reason I didn't read Brooklyn. I watched Game of Thrones and read Game of Thrones instead. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and then spent 
days sobbing about Game of Thrones. And if I think about it too much, I will start crying again. <laughs> um, prayer is in love with Jamie from Game of Thrones. Oh, Jamie Lannister. But you, and I've justified my love for him. You need to watch Outlander. But then I remember that he rapes his sister by their oh. son's dead body. And then I'm like, fuck, why am I in love with him? You need to watch Outlander so that you Men can fall in love with another Jamie. Maybe. Yeah, talking about that. Men. Are we, yeah, all while meeting men in general, can we just be grateful for one second that going out for us is not going to those fucking boring dances they have to go through every week? Oh my god. (laughs) I think it seems quite sweet, although I would like more booze. For like maybe twice a year. Never. Mm. Never. I would, I would dabble in it if they really did line dancing. If they actually had some dancing going on, I would dabble in it. But also, like the Irish know right? how to They're party. Their weddings last weeks. I I'm not sure. They do now. I've seen Dairy Girls. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. But yeah. No, I'm talking like that time Irish. That seemed. I'm sorry. The music. That's <gasps> the cool. music in this film is the music that was on my workplace's podcast because they played exclusively fifty songs. <laughs> so, like if you've ever been into a Flying Tiger Copenhagen, I won't. I won't. It's the same rock. Yeah. Mm. It was so annoying. I was like, I know this song. I wish um, I didn't, <laughs> but it is. Does she hate all the boys with the grease in yeah. their hair and the oil and like the rock scene? The blazer. I would be all over that shit. Right? Yeah. Get me a man in a band any yeah. day. I get her, but could not be me. Although I did love Tony. <laughs> love Fair. a plumber. Yeah, she said. But that's the thing. The, I think the Tony way that he was like. Party. He was the way he was like, what he was, she was like, why are you here? And he was like, I know I that bit. Irish I was girl. like, he's a piece <laughs> of shit. He's a piece of shit. And then I fell in love with him. And then, Jesus Christ, that's sexy. I, th- that's I thought sexy. it was so funny. Oh my God. It's so bad. And it's so bad in the book as well. It's because it, it's like, A, lasts a really short time. And B, she's like, Alice, we're only fucking her. Isn't she married to him? fun time. And it's... <laughs> And then in the book, they do it again. And he's like, I'll make it better. And it wasn't. How old are they supposed to be? She was like, this time it just feels like like a bruise. She gets shamed by the entire house because they hurt. Yeah. And then she goes to confession and she confesses it. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't afterwards. yeah, she goes to confession and confesses it. And she's yeah. like, I can't go to any of the Irish priests because they'll tell Father Flood. So they go to the Italian priests. And the guy's just like, it's understandable, but come back if you're pregnant. And yeah. we'll have another to confession. I fully thought that was going to be a thing when she was in Ireland. She was going to discover she was pregnant. And that's the thing that was going to send her back to America. I, I was waiting for her to book. vomit in a toilet and then get... Well, I don't know if they had, like, pee on a stick pregnancy test back in the 50s. But... I don't know. They I probably had the one where you have I, to I, I'm not take sure it to if the doctor. They had the sickness in the fifties. I was like, well, we've all seen the boat scene. Oh, it's just yeah, awful sex. And meeting for yeah. that. Imagine going through so much effort to meet someone, and then it results in that. It's just thank thank God for newer days. <laughs> I just raised a glass of water. Especially because after that, she kind of has to marry him. Yeah. Like, it, it would be, especially after they've all, like, hurt. Well, he's got a lifetime to redeem yeah. himself. Well, not in the 50s anymore, I think. Uh, no, I think she... Th- I think she... Catholic, yeah, she so. definitely would have been yeah, shamed but... if she hadn't have married him. Yeah, but no one would have really... Like, God, her housemates... Yeah, but if she'd got pregnant... Yeah. I think the girls wouldn't... Yeah, if she got pregnant, that would have been... But I think the girls in her house, like, the two home slices, I don't think they would have minded. I think they would have taken her under her wing... And been like, let's go, girl. You go. Let's go, girls. <laughs> yeah. The way we would. <laughs> yeah, because, Laurie, you were saying about um, how in the Netherlands they're really concerned about our generation not having enough sex. But then in this yeah. book, like, none of uh, them had is it. that maybe because there's a yeah, pandemic? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's like social so they're trying problems. to do things... Yeah, 
they're trying to do things with the pandemic because they think that people won't be developed enough. It was on the news. They were like, children, or like children, no, like 20 year olds are not having enough sex on the news. They were like, they're lacking in sexual experience. And this is a real issue <laughs> because we won't have enough children later on. And they won't be having good enough sex. Yeah, that's literally that's what they said. Mad. They were like, they're not going to be able to discover their own bodies like other generations were able to. Uh, we've got all the time in the world at the moment to discover <laughs> our own bodies. Yeah, no, but like, with <laughs> other people. No, not with other people. And today, they did the new press conference, like, right before this, and they were like, we're opening back up next week. Most contact jobs, as in, like, dentists, um, hairdressers. Sadly, we can't open oh, up the horse yet. <laughs> And then they just moved on. No. <laughs> they were like, we need to mention the, the red light district. <laughs> we need to. For our tourism. No, there was there were real like riots about it and stuff. We've had we've been having a couple of riots a week. You you've had all the riots. I'm surprised there's been no riots. Yeah, there was yet. wasn't Jeremy yeah, Corbyn's people... brother arrested for being a like a some sort of anti lockdown protest. Oh that was but, like yeah, that was a, a good while ago. Um, it, there wasn't a big thing. There was only like like fifty blokes there, sort of thing. Maybe more, yeah. but they're like Arr. the Dutch are just very much like they think their own opinion is the best, and they're very direct about it. You guys know me; I'm already quite open about opinions and stuff. But I think most people mm-hmm. are just, like around yeah. us are. But Dutch people mm. are like worse. Like they they don't hear no; they hear. I don't know, maybe, if you want to. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like I've made most... I have, I feel like, a lot to say, but I don't really... I just adore mm. this book. I really did. I loved it a lot more than I expected yes. to. Because I didn't remember the plot as much as I thought I did. I remember she goes to Brooklyn, she finds an Italian, she learns how to eat pasta, which really stayed with me. That's, like, when I first watched it, that's all I remembered from the film. The way she learns to eat pasta. pasta lesson. And after I watched the film, I had an entire obsession with eating pasta that way. So I used to eat like spaghetti so often because I wanted to eat it like she does in the film. I was taught to eat spaghetti with a spoon. And I remember it was such a big moment when I didn't need a spoon anymore. Yeah. I re- like It felt like graduating. I, quite, I still quite like doing it with the spoon. But and I, I like, like have the little like twist. And I, like, I can do it without mm, a spoon, but long. I quite enjoy it. Takes too long. Um, it's it's the experience. It's the journey. One day mm. I need to eat spaghetti bolognese with chopsticks. I haven't done it yet, but I will. Mm. I just need to know what it feels like. Wrong. <laughs> no, but it might feel so right. Wouldn't it be the same as eating noodles with chopsticks, though? A fork. Well, that's what I hope. Well, it's but... it is just noodles. I know. I need I need to feel it for myself. But it will but be exactly I, I'm the too same. Self- I don't think it might not be. Because whenever I eat noodles with a fork, I'm like, this feels wrong. Yeah, but it's it's maybe it'll be the opposite way around. It's a noodle. A noodle is a noodle. I wanted to say that the screenplay was written by Nick Hornby. That yeah. Who's he? He did High Fidelity and About a Boy. The (gasps) film with Nicholas Holt and yeah, I and Hugh Grant. love about a boy where they fucking Which kill I a duck with a, a loaf of bread. It was so a good. Bridget Jones film for most of my childhood. Because the third Bridget Jones book is called About the Boy. I watched I watched Four Weddings and a Funeral the other day for the first time because it was one of the only rom-coms I felt like I'd never seen before. And mm. I only I've never seen the last Grant ten minutes. And, oh and it's God. Richard Curtis. Yeah. But I, only... I never. I watched it and I was in a mood it's where fine. I didn't want to see people make the wrong decision about life. And so I didn't watch the last 10 minutes, so I just would never know which girl he picked. Oh. Or I remember there's like a choice between like the person he's either married to or about to marry and the American woman. And I, I, I just wasn't in the mood. I did not want to know, and I still don't know oh, whether I... he that was abandons one. his I've wife slash fiance so for the American lady. Recently. That was another one I wept at. I'm going to watch it tonight. The other film I absolutely did up at was the last To All The Boys I've Loved Before, In Tears. There's... Everyone hates that on my side of TikTok. No, I I think it was the best one yet. 
and interesting. it got me so emotional. I think it might one also of the be once I again found... her moving out to university. It's the one thing that always gets me. <laughs> oh, I can't deal with that right now. Yeah, it was really emotional. <laughs> one, one of the things I found is that I cry less at films when I'm watching it with equally or more emotional people than me because yeah. if they start crying first I'll just laugh at them like we were watching Soul with Chloe and I looked up and she was crying and I was about to cry and then I didn't I just laughed instead because My Chloe was already that. crying my yeah. family do that I watched I I watched a total of four episodes of The Mandalorian but that included the last one of season two which is I haven't very emotional it. in my opinion I, am, I do want to watch it I've seen half it, it, of season like, all one. you need to know is it's emotional. And I was sobbing and my dad and my brother were there like, why are you sobbing? This isn't even that emotional. Why are you saying goodbye? I just don't <laughs> think I cry when I watch films with people. I do. Like, especially not with I my do. family, but then also with you guys. Maybe I have the same thing, but I I think I'm the least emotional, probably. Yeah. I All of my emotions are there on a silver platter for everyone to see at most I think I'm just uh, watching films by myself crying, kind of, but then I will intentionally cry because I'm like, I just want to let it out and then I'll just sit there watching a happy film, just great times. Yeah. What was it that I cried at the other day? Can't remember. Mm. Um, No, no thoughts. Also say anything. No thoughts. I've been watching a lot of films about people moving to university. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Mm. We've been watching Marvel. We have finished Thor. And if, depending on what time it is after this, we might. Oh, yeah, we definitely will. We're going to start. We're going to watch um, Iron Man 2. Because I haven't. I think I've only seen that once. And I have a really vivid image of Black Widow being in it. And the first time where she. A um, favourite like, Asian actress. Where she, like, sits on. Sit, like, you know, and she has, like, her thighs around someone's neck. Yeah. And that's just like yeah. a Black Widow thing. She always fights with her thighs. I think that's the moment I probably should have realised that I fancied women, but I didn't. It's one of those moments. It was also like Mamma Mia. Um, and there was another one that we watched which came out around the same time. And I was like, I should. This is the moment. Mine I, it's is not the moment I knew, Kira but it's the moment Knightley. I should have known. The, it's the taking the corset off Kira Knightley and the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I thought you were going to say uh, bending, understandable. bending Beckham, and that would have made a lot of sense too. I've never seen that. Oh. I've never seen it. I need to. I really need to. Yeah. I think I've made most points. I just really... It made me happy and sad. It made me feel... Period. This film made me feel... It just made me miss my boyfriend. Mm. So I think that was the second one of the year. It was. What a ride it's been. <laughs> Fun time. I liked the, the film um, and what I read of the book. I liked it. Yeah. It was very good. I love it. I think it might be in... Hmm, top ten? Maybe. Ooh. Interesting. I don't know if it is for me. I wouldn't... Um, I think I preferred the Belgia. But as personal experience... Hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Just a small thing. It was, yeah. Anyway, that was the zeros for this year. It was February. Yes. Next month we'll be discussing... Wind in the Willows. Wind in the Willows. Jenny. I still need to get my book. Yes. Same. And, yeah, in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram. If you wanna. We're also available on all of the podcasting platforms, probably. If we're not, find a different one. Um, <laughs> I feel like if they're listening to this, they already have found you. Yeah, but maybe they want to listen yeah. to a different one. Maybe they're listening on maybe. one and they're like, oh, I wish they were on another one because it's more convenient. Well, we probably are. There we go. Because we used to not be on Spotify, but now we are. Yeah. So people might not know. They might they might have only been listening to us on Apple Podcasts or um, Acast, and now they can listen to us on Spotify. Mm. Yes. You should also subscribe to the podcast that you know when we put new ones out, which is normally the last few days of the month. Yes. And also write and us a review. Download them. Yes. Download the episodes. I might write you guys. That would be wonderful. Oh no, because... 2,000 downloads or something like that. I can't that. review you on Apple Music, though. We're on 2,000 <gasps> downloads. That's so exciting. Something along those lines. I, can, I will check afterwards, but it's very exciting. That is cool. Oh. <gasps> 
That is exciting. So yeah, as everyone in the... As all Italians in the 1950s say... <laughs> and the Irish. I'm, I'm not going to do an Irish accent because I'll offend people. Can I go? Wait, I need to get into my Derry Girls mood. You can't judge a woman based on her eyebrows. Okay. <laughs> That's staying in. As, as all authors say in the 1950s in Brooklyn. Laura, you're allowed to stop. Goodbye, and we'll see you in the past. <laughs> we'll see you in the past. <laughs> I think that was great. I gave it my all. That's I'm great. I'm going to stop now. We're stopping it now. Well done, everyone. <laughs>